0: Good morning. I'm Vicky, and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Through God's grace, the fellowship of AA, and sponsorship, I've been sober since May 7th, 1989, and for that, I'm truly grateful. Hey! Okay. I wanted to crack you guys up, and you were already laughing before I got up here. So, because I want to be pretty witty and wise today, okay? And I'm going to try to treat this like any other, you know, time I talk, but for some reason, it keeps flipping to, you know, i got to be something real great, and that's a crack up. I know it's not about me, but um, for the first few minutes, I'm going to be nervous because it is about me. <laughs> um, God put a new girl in my life Tuesday. He's, you know, he waits till right on the money the week of, you know, and he puts this new girl in my life, and she told me I'd only be nervous for the first five minutes, Um She's a beautician and she said she wished she would have had time to do my hair and give me a pedicure and I'm just thinking me too. And, uh, <laughs> but if you guys get that far we're going to be, you know, <laughs> doing something else. But I have um I have learned um, to watch what I say from this podium because um, I uh picked up a new guy a couple months ago I was speaking in Columbus at a conference and um I told him about speaking here in August, you know, and I told him I was looking for a marriage and a divorce before then. That was May 3rd. Well, he found me captivating.
1: Yeah, he wrote
0: me and um, he sent pictures. You know, it was great. So I've tried to, you know, watch it what I say, because uh, that was that was a trip. I mean, and I knew he was new, or why else would I like him, you know? <laughs> oh, and he had six months, you know, and, and oh, I know, so that's, uh um, all right, let's see, so I've invited God in, he said, go ahead, these are in luck, I've had a lot of growth this year, it's my 12th year sobriety. I've been sober a dozen years. And, uh, you know, I don't like anniversaries anymore because uh, I don't know if I still want to drink or what it is, but I, I fight my anniversary months. You know, they're not pleasurable. And I speak all over the place. And it's just, I don't know when that's going to change for me, but I just no longer like anniversaries. Now I switched my birthdays. I like my birthdays a lot now. <laughs> um, I guess this is so hard for me because I do know you people. Unlike Earl and Betty, I do know a majority of you. And you, you do see me in meetings weekly and you do know me and you do know my character defects. So it's very hard for me to say wonderful things and impress you this morning. <laughs> um, okay. And they got a clock here. This is great. I was all worried about that, you know. Um, I told you I had a lot of growth this year, didn't I? Okay. Um, I guess I want to tell you I too drank um I was born here in Cincinnati, and um uh, I am a Chinese hillbilly. My dad is full <laughs> Chinese, and my mother is full hillbilly <laughs> and um it, i i called let's see, I called him Friday typical I'm still the typical this is only my experience. I have chased my alcoholic father my whole life and pushed my alcoholic mother away. And from work Friday, I called him, you know, and, you know, it was real pleasurable talking to my dad. I said, remember, I was going to be speaking at the conference. I had showed him the flyer with my name on it, you know, and he wasn't too, too impressed. But my mom, she likes to keep forgetting that today is my big day, you know. She's inviting me here and there, and <laughs> she did. I was <laughs> like, and I can't ever wait to get her off the phone, you know. And it seems like, while I want to hang up. My mom starts on, did I tell you this? Did I tell you that? And it just annoys the heck out of me, you know. Um, We just got back from vacation. I uh, was in South Carolina for two weeks, and um, my mother went with me. And that's the first time since I've been going to South Carolina for about 10 years, my mother went. What had happened is I rent a house down there, and I have my youngest brother lives in South Carolina, and um, when she asked to go, I said no. And I got home, and I cried, and I called my sister, and I said, oh, my God, I can't believe she wants to go on vacation with me. And then this is where the miracle happened, when Alcoholics Anonymous is done for me. You know, my mom carried me for nine months. She just wanted to, it was just a week's vacation. You know, I knew she couldn't drive in the car with me for 12 hours. She flew down, you know, because they've already wrote a movie about that. Flo, flo, uh, throw Mama from the train, you know. <laughs> but um, and my fear was that my mom would get on vacation and she would make me eat what she wanted me to eat and cook what she wanted to cook. Like somebody could make me eat what I don't want to eat, you know. <laughs> and it was it, it was nothing like that. My mom was a real joy on that vacation. And I don't know where that happened for me. You know, it happened very slowly because I could tell you I was 10 years sober before I realized my full-time job is to be kind and loving to my mother. And if I want a relationship with my daughter, I have to do the same for my mother. And it's, it's it doesn't come gleefully. It's something I work on on a daily basis. I want you to know. Um, I told you about vacation. Okay, I have a um a bunch of brothers and a bunch of sisters. Uh, My mom and dad were married for ten years, and I'm very grateful to have both my parents. You know, Uh, my dad's 72, and my mother she's a young woman. She's just 65. You know, and I'm 47, so she's young. And um, my dad still drinks in the bar. They're not married to each other anymore. My mom's been remarried 36 years. But, um, my dad still drinks in the bars, and my mom still does her dope she uh <laughs> she smokes a little weed um, you know the truth of it is, I got my mom started smoking weed, you know and and it was years ago before my daughter was even born, you know, so she's twenty three so before then, I had my mom smoking weed with me she wouldn 't even smoke it with the girls she worked with, but she smoked it with me and she got off the first time, too, because she's like, look at that campfire, you know. But back then, weed was really good, you know. <laughs> and my little brother, I started getting him high when he was nine. And these are things I'm very proud of, but that's just what I did, you know. Um, I kind of like it that I'm my mom's only daughter, you know. She has three sons, and um, I'm my dad's oldest daughter. So that's that's always been great, you know, being the oldest um um, I don't remember too much of my childhood growing up. I just want you to know I grew up fighting because um, people teased me about being Chinese and um, they would call my dad's names and I'd have to beat him up. And I also started my brothers, you know, I taught them all how to fight, drive a stick, drink, do drugs, and to fight, play poker. And I remind them about it all the time, too, you know. <laughs> So that was just that's just how my childhood was. I really just don't remember too much of it, so you're in luck. I won't bore you with all that about all these inadequate feelings or anything like that, because I just don't remember. Um, I did have the kind of alcoholic home where there wasn't alcohol in it. Like I told you, my dad was a bar room drinker. You know, you couldn't open a refrigerator and see alcohol, and my mom didn't have her nerve and her diet pills laying out, you know. Um, She was just a lot thinner back then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, I just remember graduating through high school, and um, I got the job that I'm at today. That's a miracle, that I've been on my job 28 and a half years, that I haven't been fired. Um, Now, usually it's funny when I'm out of town to say this, but I was hired for a local phone company. (laughs) Which year, there's only one, you know. (laughs) And I, I cannot wait to retire. I mean, I just cannot wait. I know the exact date I'm walking out of there, you know. Uh They probably can't wait neither, you know, because everybody's going to move up in seniority, you know. They tease me about how much vacation I get. And uh I did start a fight at work last week. I was a week early with uh, being scared about this. Yeah, but then my sponsor told me, they don't have to conform to you talking, you know. They don't have to tiptoe around your feelings. But it was, I was just scared, you know. Um, I was hired as a directory assistance operator, and I had a great job. A great job for no college education, to get hired right off the streets. And I worked with a lot of young people my age. And um, we would ride around at lunch, and we would drink Wine <laughs> she's talking about that wine yesterday, uh, and we would smoke joints and we'd do diet pills because back then we had the phone books, you know, I looked up like five hundred numbers a day, so I am what you got when you dialed four one one and uh <laughs> I've done different things. I thought about this too uh some somebody was talking in a lead um I put in to be in the mail room, and i I got it, and I was a cute little young thing, had a little short dressed on, and I hear I show up for the mailroom. Well, I wrecked the first day in the car with the trainer, and they gave you Thorazine back then. I wrecked that car three times in that week, but don't get alarmed. I wasn't counted at fault at all of them, any of them, you know, but I did go back to being an operator. <laughs> kind okay, of, and they they talked to me. They're like, could you kind of like dress down? You know, here I'm lifting bending mail in little short skirts, you know. <laughs> Um, the fire truck came to that first wreck, too because <laughs> there was gas involved and everything, so I went back to being a directory assistance operator and um, I saw him. He was a janitor,
1: and uh I had to have him.
0: you know I was a worldly woman I was about i don't even know how old I was I was about twenty two and um I do have him today part of him <laughs> his daughter. But I'm I'm um I'm alcoholic. I did not marry him. I'm I marry another man from my hometown and uh he ran around with my brother. I always knew him, you know. Um it was a great marriage and I thought of something else that was said. Um, he and I were married like seven years and we had a very violent marriage, you know. Um he would put I would. He would pull the phone out of the wall, and I was always calling my mom, or he'd call his dad, and they were always coming over for our fights. And then the installers would have to come from the phone company to fix the phone, and I told told them I sucked that phone up vacuuming, (laughs) like you could get a vacuum that could, you know, with that much power. But that was happening all the time, let me tell you. And um, after he and I were divorced many years, he was a marine. He he enlisted in the service. um, and that was real great because marine lawyers, um, they will pick up your lawyer bill. When he wanted to do- divorce, I had to counter sue to um, or pay his lawyer bill. But he stayed with me. uh I had been sober a few years. And um, when he came back up here from North Carolina and he <laughs> I thought about this, too. I totally forget stuff. He left a note on my pillow one day and said, You need to get psychiatric help. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I was married, and it was great because he went overseas. I was married to a man who was overseas, and I had to stay here for that great job I had, you know. And when he's over in Okinawa, I got to drink and drug the way I wanted. You know, ran around like I wasn't even married, you know. Um we lived right next door to the mayor of the small town I still live in, you know, when I would, I would throw his clothes out the, uh, out the window and pick them up late at night and put them up. I would walk into the bars in the same hometown I work in and throw his underwear at him and, you know, it, it was great. It was really great. I tried to fight him like a man, you know. Uh, <laughs> and here I had this little daughter. You know, uh she was only thirteen months when we got married, and uh he's the only father she's ever known. God love her um, and uh we we really drug her through it, you know um, We did build a house, and I'm still in that house today uh but when he divorced me, and I didn't tell the girls at work I was gonna get divorced, you know I just we always went out on Thursday nights. we went down to um Januarys. <laughs> and I just told them one night, I said, hey, look, my last name is going back to Wong. And I stood up and put my wedding band in my pocket. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't believe us. A few of the installers had read it in the paper, but um, they didn't believe me. That's just how, you know, it was. Um, so I had this kid, and I was going out all the time. And my mom babysat, you know, they never knew when I was coming home. That's one thing when I drink, I just, I'm just like, I have no kid. I have a mom somewhere watching her, you know, and um, it, it was great. I had this house I had to, you know, try to maintain, try to keep when I got divorced. So I took a second job. I took a second job as a barmaid, and that was an alcoholic's dream come true. I was a barmaid in my little local town in a little local bar. For five years, and that's where things really took off for me, you know. It was right up the street from my house, and I could, um, oh, it was a wild barmaid. The drinks were strong. I wore short skirts once again, or just a football jersey. You know, cause they had, a, they, they sponsored a semi-pro football team and, and I was so good I could open four beers and, uh, they'd come in and watch their games that they taped and they threw their tips at me. I'd get like $40 on Sunday for somebody that's from my hometown, I think. <laughs> and, uh, it was a great job. It was. And, um now I'm single again now. You know, here I'm 30 years old and I'm single. You now this happened. So I did run into a guy I had knew from high school and um we started dating. Now I there's a little equation I gotta tell you. You know what dating equals, right? I don't wanna say it from the podium. Okay. So um he uh <laughs> he turned me on to freebasing, cocaine. Now I had never really even cared about cocaine, you know. I never really snorted it, you know, and we started smoking it. And um believe me, I'm not confused. I know I'm an alcoholic today, but I, ha- I have to say this. This is just my story. Um, I can tell you that the drugs never got me where the alcohol did. I always overshot the mark. I'm telling Betty that. Even when I eat, I always overshoot the mark, you know. So I started a uh, free basic cocaine for a couple years. Uh, I teasingly say today that's the only diet that's ever worked for me. <laughs> and I have a skinny picture to prove it. <laughs> but um uh that was very interesting. I'm going to tell you a few of those highlights, you know. Um you're up all night, you know. You're out in you're out at night, you're out buying alcohol to keep your torch lit and chore boy and <laughs> you know it's really an insane world and I sponsor girls today that have gone through the crack stage and they said you know it's like getting ready for surgery <laughs> and it is and you know, um Sandra here I am white girl black neighborhood middle of night hi <laughs> and uh, um Oh man, some of the, I got, I got busted one time, a uh, bunch of, uh, policemen, plain clothes and regular policemen, busted in the door with guns drawn on me. Get on the floor, get on the floor! And I'm with two girls I work with and I'm like, oh, I start crying. You know, it's pretty serious. I mean, they chopped a hole in the door with the uh, axe. You know, it's pretty serious. I'm crying. I could, t- I could tell you what I had on. I could tell you what day it was, exactly what year it was, and everything. So since there was about eight policemen, they had to call in a female policeman, woman. And um, it's my first cavity search, you know. Went <laughs> too bad. She had a gun on my head, and uh, <laughs> she was a little petite thing. And oh, my God, I had handcuffs on for three hours. I came home, and I showed my mom. I said, look, look, I've had handcuffs on. And try crying and wiping your tears with your knees. It's rough. (laughs) Um, But I just got a $100 ticket. They found a little bud of weed in my cigarette case, and that's that that was that. That's one of the insane things. Um, And as things progressed with that cocaine use, I would um, leave my daughter at home. Sometimes I'd take her with me. Um, I had a big black Trans Am, and I would put a sleeping bag in the back when I, good mom. And sometimes I couldn't wait to hit the cocaine. I, I hit it in front of her, you know. I couldn't wait to get home. I'd always openly drank and did my drugs in front of her, you know. Um, it, but things really, really get crazy. Let me tell you. Um, if you're used to that kind of lifestyle, like, uh, hanging blankets up on the windows, <laughs> sitting on a toilet with cooked cocaine in between my leg with my hand on the plunger, you know. Um, And I would tell nobody what I was doing. Nobody, you know. But um, it was a day in May. Um, I don't know. I didn't see any commercial about care units. Um, I did have an uncle that got sober two years before me and um, my mom's brother. And he was left with a, a young son. And he would drop his son off over at my mom's house to babysit. So... I used to party with this guy all night. I mean, I drank over here in Kentucky. Let me tell you. My last bar to drink in was someplace else. That was the name of the bar. And plus I chased the him because he lived in Kentucky. So, you know, I drank all over here. Um, It was a day in May. I think I called my boyfriend first. (laughs) Boyfriend, another equation, right? Um, And said... I'm going to go to a care unit. Would you please give me a couple hits before I go? And he did. Um, he threw him out the second floor of a window, and I scrounged around in the grass for him. I was probably smoking cat litter. And then, uh, <laughs> then I called my mom. Big, tough girl called her mom and said, you know, Mom, I have a problem with cocaine. I want to come over and hit the pipe in front of you and show you what it does to me. Well, Mom's about fell out, you know? <laughs> Um, I went over there, and she said, if you have to do that, you go upstairs. And she already had the kid, you know. Kid was over there. So I did. That's where I had my last hit, my last rah-rah. And uh what she did was she had called my uncle, and she called another man who's sitting in this room right now. And um, they came over to, to take me to the care unit. They came over to 12-step me, and I did not have a clue yet about Alcoholics Anonymous because I'm a drug addict, you know. So, uh, we got, I got in at, uh, Glenmore care unit and they, they drove me up. They had to eat first. That really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. My mom fixed up a big plate of food. and I'm the one here, you know, ready to go to the care unit. And, um, we get up there and I start crying there and, um, you know, I had to beat my doctor, tell him I was, you know, a drug addict. Would they please admit me? And, um, they did. Uh, uh, they uh, they admitted me and they they gave me some blue valiums. Which when they did my blood work, one of my girlfriends worked for doctor's clinical lab, and she said, "Oh my God, Wong's blood was cocaine, alcohol, and valium." Because see, I always prided myself in not being a morning drinker, but I smoked a big fat joint on my way to work and took a number ten blue valium when I got to work. You know, that kept me different for a long time, not being a morning drinker. Can you imagine going to work today and starting out, taking a volume at 8 o'clock? I had a little grass mat I used to roll out. I had worked in a cubicle, and on my breaks and lunch, I would sleep on this grass mat with a little blanket. (laughs) I wish I could do that today. Those were the days. um, um, Okay, so now I'm in the care unit, right? Insurance reasons, they have to send me to Christ Hospital. And they wanted to take me over there in an ambulance. I'm like, oh, God, don't take me in an ambulance. I'm okay, you know. But we get over there, and um I start detoxing. It's been a week now. No Valiums. Um, uh, it's where I got the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. If you are doing an institution meeting, please keep doing it, because that's where I got it. People would come in, nicely dressed women in business suits and they would talk about hanging themselves, you know, and I'm detoxing now. I've never detoxed before. I would just vomit, (laughs) and my buddies, my good buddies in the care unit would um, take me to the room, and I'd be like, oh, I want to hear what they had to say. I'd go back because I wanted to always hear what, you know, what they had to say. And um, the care unit had the steps on the wall, and I remember thinking, I've got step one, and I'll do the rest of them when I have time, you know. (laughs) Uh, which is a joke. And I wasn't never gonna talk. You know. I wanna share with you some of the few things I did say in a meeting. That I was starting to get feelings waist down. I'd like to see that guy who was chairing that. You know. <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm an addict, you know. I'm, I'm did cocaine. And I could never get into any alcoholics and I, You had to do some outside meetings. Well, hell, they fill up, you know, quick. Everybody's a, addict in the care unit, so um, I couldn't get into those meetings, so I had to go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, the in-house meetings, and I had heard a few things. They said, um, get a sponsor, you know, so I asked this lady that used to come over there, and just because she used to come, you know, I re- and she worked for the phone company, too, so I'd asked her, and uh, uh, and I didn't talk to any women. I wouldn't even talk to the nurses in the care unit. You know, I did everything you weren't, you know, that would piss them off. I'd smoke clove cigarettes. I would be up at four o'clock in the uh, morning turning on the lights in the dining room. You know, I was just a nut is exactly what I was. And they kept putting me in a room. There's very few women. They kept changing my room about, I changed room probably about four times that my 20-something days in the care unit, and they'd give me another woman. You know what? I thought about this, too. I didn't even know the Lord's Prayer when I got when I was in the care unit. And one of the ladies taught it to me, you know. Um, but I like the care unit because there's a lot of guys in there. You get a lot of attention, you know. Um, I would sneak off to the park, and oh, I was so embarrassed about that wristband they give you. I'd cut it off, or I'd walk around with the jam down my pocket, because I didn't want you to know I was in a care unit, you know. I had this image I had to keep up. So um, this lady I asked to sponsor me picked me up after my time was up, and she took me to Oak Street. And I am still a Friday night member, uh home group member of Oak Street. Um, if you told me that, I was going to join that home group that night, I wouldn't have believed you. But what happened, Um back in 89, when I got sober, they used to park the Harley Davidsons out in front of the Vernon Manor. And you didn't have the seats set up like here. You went and got your own chair and set it, set it up. And they had this overstuffed furniture around. And uh, it's not as, it was just different back then. And uh, maybe I had a different view of it, but I was scared to death when I walked into 405 Oak Street. I wanted to stay way in the back. And this girl drugged me up the front, and she introduced me to some really old guys, you know, like Pat's age. And uh <laughs> and I was this cute young thing. I was 34 years old. And she's like, uh, if you want to stay sober, you need to stick with the winners. And um, I did join that home group that night. I told you, I, I put my name on the roster, and I'll never forget the man that asked me for my name and number. I was like, oh, please don't be hitting on me. I'm in no mood for this, you know. <laughs> But, I don't know, there was just a spark of willingness, I don't know, I, and I'm a nut when I first get sober. I have very good insurance, still do. So, uh, you know, I wanted to know why I was alcoholic. So, I mean, I didn't want to do the 12 steps of AA yet. So I was going to Adult Children of alcoholic. I was running that group after the first week, I want you to know. <laughs> I planned a big old everything. I was running it. And I dabbled in Al-Anon a little because everyone I loved was alcoholic. Now, I had not gained my weight yet, so I wasn't going to Overeaters Anonymous. But I had like 36 steps going. And this old-timer <laughs> at Oak Street said, you know, Vicki, if you do a thorough four-step you may not have to do those other ones. And I was like, Oh now I'm going to um, individual therapy. That was great. She fell asleep in front of me one time, my therapist. <laughs> Mine was ninety bucks for fifty minutes. And um, um, I love to do the dances and the conferences, you know, I still do that as when I started out. And I was like, um, it was in July when I told you like, oh, the care unit June third, July. And I met him. Yeah, at a dance over here in Kentucky, St. Agnes. He winked at me. Yeah. And and wait a minute, I need to back. Up. I had heard no relationships for a year, but that was for you. That wasn't for me. And he had three years sobriety that he had gotten in prison, you know. And um, oh, it was, it was so great. It was just oh lord. Um, I planned this big wedding. Um. And uh, <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> <I> just, oh, <laughs> I just says, tell him about the truck. I bought him a truck, a twenty-two thousand dollar Bronco truck. Now today, twenty-two thousand dollars doesn't seem like a lot of money, but you go back to nineteen eighty-nine, you know. And I had this big black Trans Am I told you about that? All that went for the Bronco, and um, we were going to premarital counseling, you know. Um I bought him everything. I want you to know I bought his suit he was gonna get married in at Dino's. I bought the cake. Um I bought the rings. I had him engraved one one ninety. Wish you'd have met me then, huh Ron. Uh, <laughs> um I bought his contacts, I had the T V guide coming in my married name. And that's once a week, isn't it? The T V guy. Um <laughs> It was just great, you know, it was. And I'm very grateful I learned that experience early in my sobriety because, you know, the type of alcoholic I am, hard lessons learned stick. You know. Um, what happened? Uh my daughter told me she smelled alcohol on one a few times and I didn't believe her, you know, and uh um he's a good alcoholic too, so he kinda wiggled out of that date that I had engraved in the rings and uh, we were going to do it in March. We were going to get married in March. We were going to have, the wedding was going to be at my house, and alcohol for my family members who still drank. And uh it was, but we were going to do something special that night, New Year's Eve. I was going to get married on New Year's Day. It was so special that he didn't even show up. <laughs> and, you know, what about Bob? I called my therapist at home, and she said, <laughs> my professional opinion is, Vicki, he's drinking. And I'm like, oh, because I knew it here, but I wouldn't let it be known here. And thank you, dear God, for for fast feet. I put a dress on and I walk to the bus stop. He's got the bronco. <laughs> I'm the one of, but It's dead of winter. I walk up to the um, bus stop and I take a 78 bus downtown where we used to have the dances at the music hall. And they used to hold like a thousand people. And I walked across Washington Street Park, daring somebody to assault me. You know and I'm crying. I got to that dance and I just cried and um my friends from alcoholics anonymous were there the next day to pick me up. Tri-County has a uh, a meeting eating meat meet on New Year's Day and they took me to that and I was never going to eat again, you know. Uh, it's the closest I ever come to really consciously wanting to kill myself, you know. Um the truck had to go back, but I had this scheme to leave the truck running and jump off the suspension bridge. But I thought, hell, Vicky, you're a good swimmer. You'll probably live, <laughs> you know? So the truck went back. I walked for a year and a half and, um, I still got to meetings. I, it, I took a bus. Alcoholics Anonymous members gave me ride or I'd call my family members to give me rides, but I, I still went to meetings and I, um, uh, cause that's where you're going to find them at meetings. You know, and I did. I found another one. Um, he was in a halfway house too. Now, I didn't buy him too much, but a few outfits, you know <laughs> but, um, I have found out through inventories that the reason why I like guys in halfway houses is because I'm a control freak, you know. Um, I know where they're at, at 11. You know, of course they don't have their license. You know, you don't. And uh, my sponsor today has put some limitations on my dating. Which remember the equation? Um, they have to have their own place to live, their own car. They can't live in their car. And <laughs> yeah. And if the car breaks down, I can't loan them money to get it fixed. And from that, I've had some wonderful dates in Alcoholics Anonymous where they pick me up and they bring me home. I no longer pack a booty bag, you know, toothbrush, underwear. Um, I come home, and my daughter has got to see me treated wonderfully, you know. I don't call men today because, you know, it's like dialing for pain. That pain I know. If they call me, I know they want to talk to me, you know. So it's worked and and really, you know, now I've stopped looking because I'm just going to wait till God just delivers a man right at my feet, naked, you know, like Meteor Man. (laughs) Mm. It's all okay, this is him, this is him. But I have definitely been looking for my men in the wrong places, you know. Mm. I have. Okay, I let that second one go, but it's real exciting, at AA breakup, you know. You can't go to that meeting because he's there, you know. Oh, it's just exciting. I want you to know. (laughs) Um, So now I'm about five years sober, you know, and I have partied with the new guys. Oh, equation. I have uh, dated the new guys, and, and I was doing all kinds of wonderful stuff in Alcoholics Anonymous. I was doing beginner's classes. I was the intergroup rep for my Friday night home group. I was on the executive board at Oak Street. You know, I was just busy. And the beginners, I love to do beginners because that's where they really are. You know, that's their first meeting when they come in there. And uh, that sponsor I had, she drank after ten years, and um, that was pretty. That was pretty scary. But see, I really didn't have a sponsor that I had to work with. I had one that I could hang out with. You know, go to dances with. One that she she didn't require too much of me, you know, so, um, when she drank, um, I knew I had to get a new sponsor, because I was doing all these wonderful things, I told you, in AA, and, um, uh, I'm alcoholic, so I had this, uh, list, I didn't want to get her, because she was dying of emphysema, I didn't want to get her, because she sponsored a lot of other girls that had my same amount of sobriety, and, um, so I threw a bachelorette party for one of the girls that works at Oak Street, and I said, Dear God, the first woman who walks in my door, I will ask to be my sponsor. And that's how I have my sponsor I have today. Um, she's not here this morning. She hears me every morning at 6.30, so she thought she could take a break. <laughs> um, she gave me this list of ten things to do, and that was, um I was already going to a meeting every day. I was already... Uh, I was doing a majority of things on the list. I still have that list today in my purse. But the thing I wasn't doing is I wasn't going to an institution meeting. And um, I started doing an institution meeting down at 1617 uh, Running Road, and I've been doing that meeting over six years now. Now, I had heard that I only had to do that meeting for one year. So I go to her with my years up, and she said, oh, no. You'll do this meeting until you replace it with another institution meeting, and it's a, a wonderful meeting. It's I get home the earliest um, of my meetings, and um, I get to hear wonderful women. It's all women lead. I tried to take John Callahan down one night, and they didn't go for that. I think it was like Christmas or something. They're like, "Oh no, Vicky." <laughs> um, and you know that's when things changed for me, and uh, when I started. Doing those things on the list. I want to tell you some of the things that changed for me. Um I started to do an inventory with a fourth column. Where was I selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? I started doing the 10-step, <laughs> the 10-step prayer, uh, 10-step period, you know, the, uh, continue to take personal inventory, you know, and that I have numerous of those in my purse today too. You know. <laughs> some kind of slow learner, you know. Um, I just I don't know, this this twelfth year it's just been I had this revelation, you know. I was always fighting at work, doing the same inventories about work. You know. I'm one of those I get in there and I start stuff, you know, I talk about people and I get caught. <laughs> I always get caught. <laughs> and um I don't know, I had to do another level of surrender. I think that's why this 12th year has been so hard for me. I've had to do all these new behaviors, and they are so foreign to me, you know. But I, I was thinking, well, Vicki, you can either be tough and drunk, or you could be sober and vulnerable. You know, something had to give. You know, and then they gave me a big raise at work, so that really changed my attitude at work. <laughs> I mean, I was so mad at them for like two months. I wouldn't work overtime. I said I would, I wouldn't spit on my boss if she was on fire. You know, of course I said it where she couldn't hear me, you know. But now that they gave me this raise, I'm like so happy, you know. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and um I and my whole all my relationships have changed, you know. Um I need to that little girl, I went to a care unit, she had her eleventh birthday. And uh I said, Oh baby, I didn't even have I had a gown on and my sister in law brought her up and I said, Baby, I'm real sorry, I don't get I'm not gonna be able to give you a birthday party this year and she says, This is the best birthday present you can ever give me You know. Um she uh my daughter, she's twenty three now. Um, she just moved 700 miles away three weeks ago. She's, uh, doing her master's program down in Valdosta, Georgia. She's the athletic trainer for the football team, and, and it, it's been kind of weird with her gone. You know, it's what I always wanted, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) um, when she went to Northern and lived at Northern, that was, that was just 20 minutes away. The Valdosta is 700 miles, and, um. It's, it's been a real strain to, uh, let her go. You know, it has, Um it's been a real strain to be back at the house by myself. She moved in last year when we were in Minneapolis. She'd just been home a year. And, uh, and I wish her the best. She's going to be down there two years. I can't believe it's going to be till November till I see her. You know, I started to call her this morning at nine and lay all this junk on her, what I was going through. But thank God I had a moment of clarity and I, I didn't call her, you know. Um, they tell you I have wonderful girlfriends in Alcoholics Anonymous Um, I tell the girls I sponsor you need AA girlfriends and they're like well what do I need an AA girlfriend for because an AA girlfriend is going to teach you how to treat every relationship in your life one girl said to me well what do I do with the AA girlfriend I says, well we go shopping, we go to meetings we go to conferences, we go to the movies you know and it's great, it's great to let other women into my life you know i have i've tried all the new guys i've tried all that stuff you know (laughs) and i had to be broken down and, and it's great you know i go on vacation now those two weeks and um i call them you know i buy a calling card and i call them it's it's great i want to tell you about that vacation what i'm what i do when i'm left to my own devices um I'm down there two weeks. I went to the bar three times and to four Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Another almost screwed up equation. Uh, I gave my cousin a ride to the bar, and I thought, well, you know, if there's a good parking space, I'll stay, you know, because this bar is on the beach. Well, when you're going to a bar, all the parking spaces are good spaces, you know. (laughs) And uh, this is I really didn't think about drinking. I didn't. Because I know it's not going to be alcohol that's going to get me. It's going to be my character defects, you know, that I know. Um, so I get home from my vacation, and I got back on track, you know. I do go to a meeting every day, and I don't tell you that to tell you how wonderful I am. You know, I have my set ones I go to. I don't like to go to a meeting on Saturday night, and I don't know what that's about. I go, but it's it's a force, you know, Um I got home Monday, and I do a 5.30 big book meeting on Monday night, now, and um, there was nobody to chair, so I had to chair. So then I had to go down to the cat house to talk the next day. No, th- that same night, Monday night. Well, the girl who was supposed to chair, didn't show up. So I had to chair and talk, you know. <laughs> That's the kind of God I've got, you know. Um, he's just been kind and loving, and he has just been with me the whole time, you know. He loves me and he loves you through me. Um, when we start, when I started doing, going to this 530 big book meeting, they read the personal stories and I said, oh no, they're doing it wrong, you know. But there is something I'd like to read that can, uh, sum up, this phrase could sum up my story in just a few sentences. It's from a five time loser wins. I'm still arrogant, egotist, egocentric, Self-righteous with no humility, even phony at times. But I'm trying to be a better person and help my fellow man. Guess I'll never be a saint, but whatever I am, I want to be sober and NAA. The word alcoholic does not turn me off anymore. In fact, it's music to my ears when it applies to me. Thank you.